You're listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. I invite you to join with me now as we prepare to hear God's holy word read to us. Shelby Ettinger is going to be reading to us from the Gospel of Matthew. It's a story that we find in other Gospels as well. And it talks about a time when the disciples would need to be ready to move from that which wasn't positive into a future that God was calling them into. How do you do that? Well, in the passage today, I think we're going to discover some real lessons that will help us in this moment, in this year, to really let go of all the dust of the past and get ready to embrace what God is, is going to give us in 2021. So may God bless us in hearing and taking into the depth of our hearts and minds the truth of the scripture Shelby's going to read to us. Shelby. A reading from the 10th chapter of Matthew, verses 5 through 15. These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without payment, give without payment. Take no gold or silver or copper. In your belts, no bag for your journey, or two tunics, or sandals, or a staff, for laborers deserve their food. Whatever town or village you enter, find out who in it is worthy, and stay there until you leave. As you enter the house, greet it. If the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet as you leave that town or house. Truly, I tell you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you join with me in a word of prayer? Gracious and loving God, we ask you now to take this which we offer, the attention of our hearts and minds leaning into your scripture, your holy word, reflections that I share, and that all that might come in this moment to us, guided by the power of the Holy Spirit, to help us hear your word for us, to receive the power that you want to give us today, the healing, the hope. And so, Lord, we surrender now and give this moment to you. Make of it what only you know is possible. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. I recently came across an advertisement that was showing a picture of a coffee mug seems appropriate for this year. Here's what it looked like. 
Now, my only question about this coffee mug is did 2020 really deserve a full one star rating? Maybe half a star? That isn't to say there weren't a lot of good things that happened in 2020. There were. We learned a lot of lessons we would not have learned otherwise that we will take with us into the future, like learning how to broadcast a service to people who can't get to the church. But in addition to that, families who are stressing and struggling to adapt to new schedules, new way of helping to educate their children, new ways of trying to work, also found opportunities to be closer together, to find new ways to do traditions, maybe start some new traditions. In 2020, there were couples who still got married. Yeah, they didn't have the full party that they were planning, but they were still beautiful moments. And it was a joy to share those with the couples who got married in this church the last year. There were times of grief where our loved ones passed away, and we weren't able to celebrate their life maybe in the way we're used to, but we were able to celebrate their lives. And you as the church still found the ability to support and care and reach out to this community and to serve it in so many ways. It's humbling as I look back on this past year. So there was a lot good about 2020. Still, I'm ready to be done with it. You? I'm ready to shake the dust off of me from 2020 and launch into a new year like I have never known before. And that idea of shaking the dust, of leaving behind something like 2020, took me to the scripture that Shelby just read to you. Now we find this story repeated in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And when three of the Gospels choose to share a story, then clearly they believe this was a message we needed to hear, a story we need to be reflecting on throughout all time. And they tell the story virtually in the same way in all three of the Gospels. The variation here is in Matthew, where he gives this direction to the disciples. When you go on your mission, don't go anywhere else but to the home of the Jews. Now, Luke and Mark don't say that. And it's more indication of how, Mark, or I mean, how Matthew is a gospel written to a Jewish audience. But laying that aside, everything else seems to be similar in all three Gospels. Jesus is on a high in his ministry. He has been going along, healing people. He's just demonstrated the power of God over natural forces by controlling the storms on the sea. His teaching is starting to reach out to more and more people. Crowds are gathering. It's a powerful moment in his life and ministry. And at that apex... He chooses to ask his disciples to go on out and be the ones themselves who are revealing the power of God in the world. He gives them the responsibility to go and do the very mission that he's been doing. It's as if he's saying, okay, you've watched me do it. Now let me watch you go do it. And he gives them a very specific mission. You're called to go out and do four things. Cure the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse the lepers. 
and cast out demons. Now you can imagine when they first heard this, the disciples were saying, that seems like a pretty tall order. Now we were thinking we were just going to go out and hand out some pamphlets or something. No. You guys go out, and here's what you're called to do when you go out. Because the purpose of going out is to help the power of God be revealed in the lives of those you're talking to. So it's got to speak to exactly what they need, where they're living. So go cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons. Jesus is saying to those disciples then, just as he says to disciples in every generation, you've been given a clear mission. You've been called to take on a task in this world that reveals the power of God in very specific ways. And that has been the mission of the church from that moment till this. Now we hear those words and we begin to wonder ourselves, perhaps like they did, is that really relevant to where we're living today? And I want to tell you probably more so than ever. Cure the sick. I don't have the power given to me to be a person who can walk up to somebody and say a particular prayer and have the miraculous become healed. Never been a gift God gave me. There are those who have it. I don't. I really, quite frankly, don't know of anybody who has that miraculous kind of say the words, healing occurs. But the church has always been involved in the work of curing the sick. We see it as one of our primary responsibilities. We have learned throughout the centuries that God has given us knowledge to know how to cure the sick. So we've leaned into that. As United Methodists, part of our heritage is building hospitals and universities. We want people to have knowledge. And specifically, we want some people to have the knowledge of how to cure the sick. And so we lean into that knowledge. We trust it. We believe that there's a way to defeat a coronavirus, and that's to allow science to figure out how to get a vaccine. We align ourselves to live in ways that are committed to make sure people don't get sick. And so in the middle of a pandemic, we don't gather in large groups. It's not because we're afraid, as some have suggested. It's because we have knowledge. It's because we have been able to understand how a virus works. And because of that, we're going to trust our scientists to figure out how to defeat the virus, but we're going to live in a way to make sure that our most vulnerable aren't at risk. Because it seems minimally in the church to, to show your faithfulness and love for people is to make sure you're not putting them at risk for a disease that they don't need to get. And so we follow protocols because of our faith. And we lean into encouraging and backing those who are primary health care workers at responders and people who are doing the hard work because we want to be whatever we can be as supporters to those who are on the front lines bringing healing. We also always have been the place where people know they can turn to for help when people are sick. You know there are people who call upon the church to call for their loved ones who've never been to the church. They just know that somehow when someone's sick, they want to ask the church to be praying for them. And we do. 
And we stay in contact with people who are sick so that as they go through their illness, they're not alone. That's who the church is. It's how we live out this calling of curing the sick. How many of you in times of illness or the illness of loved ones have been blessed by the support, by the prayers, by the casseroles, by the ways in which people gathered around you to say, we're here for you, we care about you. Cure the sick. It's part of our mission. Raise the dead. Now, don't we wish, don't we wish that we had the ability to bring people back from the dead? But now, we take the teaching that Jesus gave in his life and apply it to now what we know about what happened in his death and resurrection. So I speak to families who have lost all of the ones to say, no, I can't bring your loved one back to life in this world, but I can testify to the power of resurrection that they will have life in the new world, in the next world, and that we will be with them. We speak and lean into the power of resurrection. It's that power of resurrection that identifies us peculiar, unique, as the people of God called Jesus followers, Christians. We believe in the power of resurrection. It's what allows us to look forward to the day when we are gathered together, when we are all resurrected. But more than that, in time of death, we have been with people, I have been with people, who as they faced their own physical death, had a resurrection in the way in which they came into a new relationship with God, in the way in which they restored relationships with loved ones. And I have seen people who've been lost deep in grief to be sustained and cared for and loved by the church until the day came when they could once again be reborn to their new life. I've seen resurrection. It's powerful and it's beautiful. And the church still sees it as one of its primary missions. Cleanse the leper. We don't have a lot of leprosy around Clarkston, primarily because we have trusted and believed in the power that God has given us to cure the sick. But I think Jesus is saying more than a particular disease. He's identifying that lepers in his day were ostracized. They're the ones kept away from everybody else. They were judged to be sinful and unworthy. I think what Jesus is saying here, you need to be the ones going out to those who are ostracized, to those that the society is deemed to be unworthy, and let them know that they are worthy. And there is a community that not only will accept them, but yearns to have them be part of their community. We as a church intentionally understand that we want to build a community where all people, all people are welcome to come to the table of the Lord. Jesus sets that table for everyone. And we will continue to keep the doors of the church open so the folks can gather together whenever we do gather together, knowing there's a place for them. And not only to fit into how we do things, but the church is willing to adapt and grow by more people bringing their uniqueness, their gifts, their faith with us, and enriching all of us. Casting out demons, 
longer I live, the more I begin to realize that in many ways there is evil in this world. Now maybe I don't think of it as the same way in which some others do, but I've seen the power of evil in this world. Destroying individual lives. Destroying families. Destroying communities. Tearing people apart, one from the other. Doing its work in the way in which makes people believe that just because we're passionate, we have a right to be disrespectful, dismissive, and injurious to the well-being of others. And the church will call that out. We will name evil when we see it. We will name it when we see it in ourselves. We will be humble enough to confess. We will name it when we see it in the church. And we will name it when we see it in the community. Because God's people stand up when they see evil in the world and pause to hit the humble button so that we are very careful to make sure we remove the log out of our own eye before we holler about the speck in someone else's eye. This mission of the church remains its primary mission. I think that may be one of the reasons I'm ready to let go of 2020. As amazing as God has been working in our midst and we have been able to do what God has helped us to do in ministry and mission. I recognize that there's a part of 2020 and the whole issue around the pandemic and probably other things as well, right? That we have sort of become fatigued. Quite frankly, spent a lot of our time just trying to survive. Nothing wrong with that. We kept making decisions about what we could do and then have to change the decisions over and over again because new information, new realities came into the picture. We chose to be adaptive and become relevant rather than so locked in that we couldn't anymore offer what we could offer in the best way possible based on situations day to day. Now's the time for us not just to survive. Now's the time for us to begin to pick up once again our passion and our energy and our hope. As we look towards 2021. I don't know what day we'll be able to return back to whatever we're going to return back to. I hope, quite frankly, as you've heard me say before, we don't return back to anything. We launch forward with passion and energy into that new thing. What day that comes, I don't know. Realities around vaccines and so many other things that I don't have control over. What I do know is this. Today, I can begin right now in my life, and I'm inviting you in your life to no longer just see yourself as survivors. Find the joy once again in looking forward to the new day. Find your passion to figure out how you can live out the mission of the church with the people God leads you to be in relationship with. Prepare yourself, and let us as a people of God prepare ourselves so that when the day comes, We are not caught flat-footed. We're ready to be launched into joyful worship together in the sanctuary and mission in the community, opening up the doors and becoming what God was already leading us to do, 
which is to become that spiritual community center for the greater area. I am excited about this new year, but to really lean into that, I've got to shake the dust from my feet. When Jesus tells the disciples to do this, he's talking about the moments they find rejection and struggle. When that happens, he says, and it's going to happen, shake the dust from your feet. What he's saying is, don't let the power, the negative of the past, control you into the future. Lay it down. Find the ways that you can stop whatever negative energy, pain, hurt, loss that has happened in the past. Let it not control you today. Wipe it off. Literally, right now, I invite you to think about those things that have beaten you down, have made your soul weary, have made you feel like I can't really be invested anymore. Shake that dust off. Let God fill you up with hope and joy. Because we are beginning a new year. And it's not about the change of the calendar. It's about the change within our hearts and minds and our souls. It's about the energy and passion we have to be in a place, to live out this mission. In 2021, we will live out the mission that we have declared for ourselves, to vitally connect people to people and people to God. We will also live out the mission that God has given in the name of Jesus Christ, to churches in every era, in every place. To heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out the demons. But to do that, we will shake off the dust. We will declare, Lord, we're ready to be ready. We're ready to serve. And we will no longer live in that gray, murky area of well, we can't be everything that we want to be. No. We will be all that God calls us to be, beginning right here, right now. It is said that Teddy Roosevelt used these words. Far better it is to dare mighty things, to win glorious triumphs, even though checkered by failure, than to rank with those poor souls who neither enjoy nor suffer much because they live in the gray twilight that knows neither victory nor defeat. We will not live in the gray twilight. We will live in the light of the power of the resurrection. And we will know triumph. We will know some defeats. But we will live vital lives and faithfulness. Because this day, we shake off the dust of the past, claim the mission of the church, and move forward in faith. May God... Speak to each one of us now and let us be set free to go forth to serve in the name of Christ. So be it. Amen. You've been listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at Clarkston UMC dot o-r-g